What's up? What's up, y'all? And welcome. Welcome. Welcome to some assembly. Some assembly. Some assembly required. Welcome to some assembly required. Let's chat. What is up, y'all? And welcome back, or welcome if this is your first time here to some assembly required. It is another Friday, even though for me today, it's actually a Monday, which is not the fave day of the week, but go back to season one if you're interested in listening to how to flip that guy around a little bit. Today, I'm joined by another fabulous guest. We have the one and only Mark Lee here with us. Hello, Mark. What's up? Mark Lee, y'all, is the um, host of Not Another Monday Show, so if you guys have visited that pod with us on Twitch or Insta or wherever... He's uh, the guy that's running that show over there, and we've been talking about it, bringing you on, and um, he was one of the big inspos for really starting to push myself to bring some assembly required to fruition, which is super cool. So thanks for your contributions there. (laughs) Do you remember what I said? I remember you said that if there's somebody that will do it, it'll be me probably or something like that. There was that, and um, there was also the uh, advice I give everybody which is just do it. Yeah. If you don't do it, you're never going to do it. It's true. And if you have the idea, start it today. Yeah. And, and I, that's a lot of season one too. Some yeah. assembly. Yeah. And I, I always tell people that uh, because I feel like, and maybe I'm jumping the gun here. I'm no, sorry. Go if ahead. I am. Let's go. Uh, when I tell people I have a podcast, mm-hmm. uh, people's eyes will roll and mm-hmm. say, Oh, he has a podcast. But the other thing I always hear is, I want to do one too. What do you suggest? Mm -hmm. And I think people want this whole scientific answer of you need this mic and you need this mixer and you need this computer (laughs) and you need all these different things. You just need to do it. Yeah. You just need to do it. And I said, don't even ask if you have any type of equipment. It's 2023. Just do it and you'll be all right. And he was right. And I jumped the gun and I did it. And we're here. We're in season two. Like we made it this far. I am a big fan. Long time listener, first time caller. Yeah. I've listened to every episode. You're one of the few. (laughs) It's it's actually pretty cool to listen to a show and actually be on a show that I've been listening to for a long time. It's a lot of fun, too, Mm -hmm. because like I've been on your pod. And for me, it's also like, what do I... Like now I know what to bring to yours, but what do we collectively bring to mine, right? Mm -hmm. This is something that I'm still kind of working on, which is like, all right, if I have people that I'm working with, what are they going to bring to the table for the listeners? Who is Mark Lee? I have my list here. Fellow podcaster and friend. Comedian. Avid Disney fan, which you were just talking about like two minutes ago before we started this. Mm -hmm. Um, WrestleMania extraordinaire. Do you like that title? I do. Yes. I'll t- I will wear that with the, with honor. Yeah. If it's, um, and then the last one that I was mentioning to you earlier, a guy with an impressive pool of television history, um, within the nineties to early two thousands. Yeah. I tried to summarize that into a title, but I was like, nothing is quite getting to the right point. But when I, I tell you guys that, Mark comes up with the sickest like p- 
pop history knowledge regarding anything that was on television. Um, shout out to my television live season one. You guys should go listen to that. But I'm pretty sure we could have our own version of our television life where we talk about how television raised us, which we kind of did on Not Another Monday a little bit. Yeah. Um, but those were the kind of like main points where I was like, who is Mark Lee on a very surface level? And I thought those are good. Um, but one critical item that I wanted to make sure to mention was that our connection that really started aside from the pod was through the Guatemalan, which I mentioned to you guys. I'm also Guatemalan, but I kept hearing um, Mark drop the Guatemalan on his pod. And I was like, who the F is he talking about? <laughs> because the Guatemalans are few and far between on my end over here. So yeah. um, who is the Guatemalan? Make sure we throw that out there for us, Mark. Uh, the Guatemalan is my fiance. Yes. Yeah, so uh, we are engaged to be married. I love that when people yes. say that. I am engaged to be married uh, in October 2024, so countdown is real. It's real, real. Uh, yeah, and I I call it a Guatemalan as an ode to a show I listen to, and I still do. It's um, the Heidi and Frank show. Uh-huh. Uh, back when they are Frosty, Heidi, and Frank, Heidi always had their partner, and she was the Italian. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I, I like that because I don't want to keep dropping. Not that I've like, I've had her on the show before, so it's like I don't have an issue saying her name. But right. it just sounds so much better from a show perspective to be right. the Guatemalan because yeah. people are like, who's the Guatemalan? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, people will leave comments. Oh, classic! The Guatemalan must be pissed, and the Guatemalan becomes a character in yeah. its own self. So uh, it's, it's actually own tactic. Yeah, yeah that's it, really cool. It's it's bringing characters to the show. Well, I loved that, and bringing any kind of um, attention to more Guatemalans is not a minus for me. That's only a plus. So yeah. I'm really proud that we have that connection there. Um, another thing that Mark brings, um, just so you guys know, is uh, something that we talked about in Season 2, Episode 2 of Some Assembly Required, which is the vibe. Um have you had a chance to listen to Science Rules? Yeah, Science. Thank That's you. Breaking Bad reference. Yes. A vibe with the vibe. Do you think you passed the vibe check or is the vibe BS? What are your thoughts on that? No, vibe? the vibe is real. The vibe is real. The vibe isn't. I. The vibe is like the force. It's. Oh, yes. You can feel the vibe out there. I like I can feel the force and I can feel it right now in my heart. So the vibe is real. The vibe is real. The vibe is real. Also, I love you. Drawing that to the force is such a great, um, I don't know, words elude me, but it's a great anecdote. Is that right? Analogy. 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 Is that the right word? Mm-hmm. It's true because you can almost like, you can feel the vibe if somebody else has it or not. If somebody's like not quite wielding the vibe or if they're using the vibe for the wrong reasons on the dark mm-hmm. side, you can feel all of that, I feel like. You can feel it and it's... I mean, usually there's the first vibe. The first vibe is like the first vibe impression. Sometimes you just know right off the bat it's real. So like it's just easy. Then there's the layers of it because depending how you meet the person, is there going to be, are we cool? Are we cordial? Mm -hmm. Cool and cordial is not the vibe. Mm -hmm. The vibe is, oh, that's, that's my dude. And and you can get feel it. Mm -hmm. Match energy. That's what what really gets the vibe going. We talked about this a little bit um, in episode two, but it really is like, does this person that you're talking to, quote unquote, vibing with, like, do they match your energy? 
or not. Um, so I think Mark Lee matches the energy, y'all. And I told you guys that to season two, we were going to be bringing the quote unquote best. And I really mean it. So we're going to start with some some good basics. We're just going to say, Mark Lee, what is your story? <laughs> we're going to rhyme it out. Um, Dr. Seuss, Mark Lee, what is your story? Uh, my story, um, I'll start at the end, which is right now you can find me on Not Another Monday, which Let's you can find go. on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or however your podcast. Um, I think ultimately my story is I always wanted to do something like this. And I always wanted, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like people don't want to acknowledge it, but, uh, I, I'll acknowledge it. I have an ego. Oh, you do? And I kind of want to be, I kind of want to be heard. And, and I, I never really knew what I wanted to do with that. But I always like, I traditionally, historically, I always kind of just like kind of blend in with the crowd. Like if I have my peeps, I have my peeps. If I have my vibe, we vibe. That's, that's, that's for us. Mm -hmm. But I always wanted to kind of do something to kind of put me in the forefront. And I didn't really know what it was. And as I got older, I thought I liked the idea of stand-up, mm -hmm. doing stand-up comedy. And this is a perfect example of what I said earlier, which is if you want to do it, just do it. And I always remember saying, I want to do stand-up, I want to do stand-up, and years went by. And the closest I ever got to it was um, I had an ex-girlfriend, and we, she's like, well, if you want to do it, if you think you're funny, just do it. And I said, okay, let's go. And we pulled up to the Ha Ha Comedy Club Cafe, <laughs> And there was a long line, and I kind of just wussed out. And then that was the closest I ever got prior to that. Wow. So what year was that, Circa what? Uh, I had a 2012, 2011, 2010. Okay, so like a decade-ish ago. Yeah, everything's a blur at that point. I'm old now. Your boy's old. Um, Everything's so blurry. Everyone's so fake. Yeah. <laughs> Puddle of Mud. Yes. Uh, uh, thank you. Uh, again, I can tell you Puddle of Mud references, but I couldn't tell you who the vice president is. Um but after, like, we, I, I, I do remember the timeline of we broke up, everything happened, and I was like, okay, cool. Um, and then I always was listen, I was listening to podcasts, like Adam Carolla mm -hmm. and uh, Frosty, Heidi, and Frank, and all these different types of shows. And this is before podcasting was really a thing. They were still terrestrial talk. Um, I did the um, – I was working at Build-A-Bear Workshop. Oh, yeah. I was working at Build-A-Bear Workshop. And I remember taking a shift, and I always believe that there is a little bit of, like, uh, the universe is kind of pushing you in a certain way. And one of my coworkers called me that morning and said, hey, can you cover my shift today at 10 a.m. at Build-A-Bear? And I said, yeah, I'm not doing anything. So, sure, I work the shift, and I'm working the shift, and as I'm ringing someone out, she kind of looked familiar and sounded familiar. Uh, I scanned her membership at Build-A-Bear, and it said her name was Krista Garner. And Krista Garner, uh, I knew that name because uh, she was at the time, or they were ready one off the air, was the producer for the Frosty, Heidi, and Frank show. Oh, sick. So you lost your mind. And I said, oh my God, are you Krista from Frosty, Heidi, and Frank? She said, yeah, I am. And I totally tried to hold it together, and she'll have a different <laughs> version of the story. Um, but I tried to hold it together and said, oh my God, like I know who you are. That's so cool. And she just started her own podcast. And I said, oh, that's so great. And there was this whole thing where it said um, she was in part of Hot Talk LA. And they had this network of different shows. And they said, if you donate X amount of dollars, you can be on the show. And I told her, hey, if I save up some money, maybe I'll donate and I'll be on the show. And she just said, just come on. 
just come on and do the show. What? No way. That's so cool. And I said, oh, okay, sure. And um, we, I joined, I was a guest on the show. Uh, it was Krista and Corona at the time. It was uh, her and some, and Jorge Corona or George Corona. <laughs> and that show fell through uh, and she kept going and she decided to keep bring me on. And we didn't really have anything for me, but I was just like, oh, we'll call you Intern Mark. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, cool. And I became part of the show, so the cool. Krista universe. And I'll mm-hmm. always like hold a special place in my heart for her because she did that. And then she got me into a job in radio for a while. Mm-hmm. So I was doing that and it kind of like opened me up to doing podcasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, fast forward to later, uh, we're doing, and I really love podcasting. And I wanted to do my own thing, and I opened up uh, the Fresh Coast podcast, and that was with my boy Daniel, mm-hmm. and we had a good long streak running, and unfortunately got sick, uh, and we got. I remember doing the shows like it was yesterday, and he started talking about he had pains in the side, and I was like, "All right, dude, you know, whatever, just, right. you're like you'll be fine." We made fun of it, we moved on, and it turned out it was cancer. Yeah, and um, it, it over years like. Kind of went into remission, was kind of doing better, um, uh, and then didn't do well, and then unfortunately passed, right? Mm-hmm. And that's when 2020 happened. Of course. <laughs> and I was like, right. okay, so 2020 happened. He passed away. That weekend, Kobe uh, died in the uh, helicopter accident, and we didn't even hit the pandemic yet. I just yeah. remember being 2020 in the fu- at his funeral in Forest Lawn. I was like, I don't know what I want to do. Over the time of of, of the podcast, I was doing stand up on the side, but I really loved podcasting, mm-hmm. and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And um, throughout, like towards the fall of 2020, we're in the heart of COVID. Um, I can't go anywhere. My dad has um, he's dealing with pancre- uh with colon cancer, uh, so he's like locked up in my place, and mm. I I'm taking him to his treatments, and I was talking to Rosie who then had her own or who had her own podcast at the time and she said I'll do a podcast with you and we'll get started and we did not another Monday which mm-hmm. you'll do the plug right mm-hmm. uh, and I've been doing I it for always, a couple years I stay doing the plug come on <laughs> you stay doing the plugs and <laughs> uh, we've been doing this for quite some time uh, and you know like uh, yeah it's been a couple years now yeah. and uh, I've been doing stand-up, doing podcasting. I just love podcasting. So you're mm-hmm. a perfect example of another individual that has just, like, kept going. It's not easy, like, to stand up to all these things mm-hmm. that you're like, oh, maybe I'll try this or, you know, keep going through something despite adversity. Like, rest in peace, Daniel, my mm-hmm. man. Um, and we're happy for his contributions to the world into life into all the things but yeah. it is it is rough like going through those situations and then trying to figure out like do i even still want to keep doing this so like as yeah. you were going through those times what really kept you motivated in like your maybe that was your dream at the time we'll get into that a little bit but mm-hmm. into what you were kind of motivated towards i mean i i, I don't know what kept me motivated because like at its well I, I can tell you this so when i was with krista i loved doing a show with krista um, but our times, like in terms of like our journey and our paths with the podcast and works, like it kind of just, we hit a wall. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say we hit a wall, but like our time had come and it right. was time to do something different. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when I found Fresh Coast with Daniel, um, 
I always had this thing where I always wanted, a, if I did my own show, I wanted a girl opposite of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, Daniel was like, oh, I want to do a podcast. I'm in. And I, I thought, like, okay, that's half the battle right there. You want to do it. You can commit. Let's do it. Um, and what really kept me going was just the growth of that show. Mm-hmm. It was getting better. Uh, we were hitting our stride. When you're starting a podcast, it's honestly like first dates. Yeah, it's pretty garbage. <laughs> the first three episodes, <laughs> the first four episodes are like first dates. Like, who are you? What mm-hmm. are we doing here? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're trying to set the stage and you're trying to like. Do you even want to come back? Like... Do you want to come back? You know, like, uh, is this is this going to be something that works out? And that one was, and it was, I thought, honestly, like, at the time, I've, I've been in podcasting so long that I remember when podcasting, like, what's a podcast, right? Yeah. Like, no one knew what it was. And yeah. then all of a sudden, everyone started flipping and making money off of it. Mm-hmm. And then, like, uh, I missed the money train on Same. that one. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I watched it happen where everyone was making money. You know, it was over when, uh, yeah. I don't know, Shaq had his own podcast. And you're like, okay, great. When Doc Shepard um, started his guy, I was like, it's over for me. I don't stand a chance. Now I'm yeah. just doing it for yeah. the people. Now you're just doing it for, like, the love of the game, right? <laughs> it's like pickup basketball. Um, <clears throat> but, like, yeah, that's what kept me going. And then I think the sense of purpose and, like, what was motivating me is when we lost Daniel, I wasn't sure if I wanted to keep doing it. Right. I, I was like, that, that was like my better half in terms of podcasting. Mm-hmm. Do I want to keep going? Do I not want to keep going? And uh, I kind of tinkered around with it. And it was kind of just right place, right time. And I said, I think I'm ready to try something. Uh, and I'm glad I, Rosie was ready for yeah. that. Because it, it put me into a place where it's like, okay, it's back to the grind. Sometimes I, you just need to break the cycle a little bit, right? Yeah. I love that. And it, it, it took like maybe six months mm. uh, for us to even get started, but we, we hit the ground running. And that was the other thing too, which is I, I talked about doing this in person. We started in COVID uh, mm-hmm. time. Rosie doesn't live in the LA area. She lives in a different area. Yeah. Uh, COVID opened up certain things like podcasting on Zoom. Yeah. And we, and, it's and way it made more it accepted now for sure. And uh, I was able to have a co-host who didn't live in the same county as me, same area, but was able to do it, and it made life a lot easier. Yeah. So that's 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 kind of what got me going. And then podcasting is kind of like therapy. I don't know. If, no, I, I mention this all the time mm-hmm. on some assembly where it's like I'm basically having my own therapy sessions with you guys. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't go to get professional therapy, so here we are. But um, no, that's, that's all really cool, and I think there's a lot to you know get over in that entire process but something that i found is helpful for me especially in like these more challenging arenas i don't know if i mentioned too my father also passed away from cancer so it's not Mm. something that i'm unfamiliar with but Mm. basically like i start thinking about like am i excited to do it Mm -hmm. does excitement play a big role in your decision making as far as where your dreams and future goals go yeah, I, I think it, it does. Like, I, I, it's it's weird because I have to explain my work because I kind of just operate and I just do it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but podcasting does excite me. Yeah. Uh, I, I think there is a, in a world, like the movie guy, in a world where, uh, <laughs> in a world, but in a world where the, there is just, you know, your attention span is just becoming shorter and shorter and shorter. Um, 
to kind of cultivate a medium where it's a little bit drawn out. You can kind of live in these like longer spaces and conversations mm-hmm. because I mean, I, I don't know how your mind operates, but I have, I think of really random and weird shit. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think like in podcasting, it gives you that venue to have those types of conversations. Oh, for sure, yeah. And I think that's like the coolest thing about it too, which is like, and I'm not talking about like some assembly required where I'm having deep, insightful, <laughs> motivational things where it's like, oh yeah, I want to be better. It's like, no, it's do you add milk uh, to your cereal after or before? And who yeah. are the people who do it after? And kind of just dissecting that and having those conversations. And it's, that's very fulfilling to me. Yeah, I think there's a big element of excitement in like almost all podcasting and the ones that don't have the excitement portion, I think you can kind of feel or they do or do not, depending on who you are past the vibe check. Um, But definitely, especially when you have the element of comedy in your podcast, you're going to have that level of like excitement and variability of just like the random shit that you're going to talk about. Yeah. And also, as I'm talking to you about like excitement, I realized I had to kind of not play the cool card. I don't know, because I was like, I don't know. Am I excited to do it? It's like, no, I am excited to do it. Um, <laughs> but you're it, also maybe potentially nervous. You're thinking about other things, right? Yeah. It, it, it's just, but the fact of, especially for my podcast, um, it's it's essentially to sit down and let loose. And again, like there will be serious moments of it, right? But it's just, it's just a lockdown moment. Uh, it's kind of like going to the gym, yeah. which is, and I always use that analogy quite a bit, which is going to the gym, which is when you're at the gym, your time is at the gym, assuming you're not on your phone, like and breaking every three minutes to look at your feed on like Instagram or TikTok, mm-hmm. but it's to actually do the workout because when you're actually invested in it, it's it's very um, fulfilling mm-hmm. to like be in that moment and to create that content and to be able to talk and to just put on a show and right. it just feels really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it feels awesome. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Like I sit here and I highly overthink about what's going on. Some assembly required, but we were chatting a little bit earlier about your process and how you do things and you very much just deep dive and that's it's admirable and it's <clears throat> also exciting in a different way. Right. Thinking about putting yourself under pressure and thriving. Are you a procrastinator? Uh, up, <laughs> I am by design and I'm trying to uh to nip that in the bud. Mm-hmm. I really am. I'm, I'm working really hard um, on a personal level to organize and stop procrastinating. You're making strides towards that. I, I think, think you're so. doing well. You know, I, 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 so uh, to give you some insight, uh, mm-hmm. me and Guatemala started living together. Uh-huh. And she moved in and we're, we're like, okay, like let's, and I'm trying to not procrastinate, which is like, okay, now I'm going to do the dishes. We just finished eating. I'm going to do the dishes. It's like, <laughs> why don't you just wait so we can watch Ugly Betty? I'm like, no, because if I procrastinate, it's not going to be yeah. done, and it's and I need to do it, and I need to respect the process because I don't know about you, um, and I, and I'm happy I did it, but I'm also pissed off at myself for doing this. It is um, clearing out my email inbox. Oh. I tried doing this in my Yahoo email and mm. I got nowhere after deleting thousands of emails. So what what's your what's your unread email account at? Oh god. 
Just estimate. You don't have Maybe to Maybe like it's under 2K right now. Okay. I was at 100,000. <laughs> I had three emails over a span of my life. I don't know. It, I'm of that age, right? Where I grew up around the internet. So I created my first email. That Hotmail email? At Hotmail. Sleepy dude <laughs> at Hotmail. Then I created my um, podcast email, which became my junk email, which I was like, okay, sure. Sign me up for Waba Girl points. Let's go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then there's my professional email. And I have all those three emails, and they're all just kind of synergizing, collecting emails. Yeah. I used to, my favorite bar trick was showing people that unread email account and seeing the fear in their totally. eyes. Like, how, I how, totally would have been living in fear. Yeah, how, how, do you, how do you get to 100,000? And I wore that with a badge of pride. <laughs> and I said, okay, part of my whole thing was I'm going to organize myself. And the place to, I can control and organize is my email inbox. So I cleaned out my email inbox. I, I I made categories. I made folders. I did all these things, and I did I you deleted maintain? everything. I've been maintaining it. I'm at yes. twelve emails now, which are all actual twelve emails. Wow, that's the that's the goal in life, right there. It's the goal until you realize you're never going to be done. It's you're chasing this dragon, and now I'm checking my emails way more than I ever thought I was going to do. And it upsets me. The big dream, I think, with that is that you just get to get rid of your emails altogether. But my bigger question for you is, what is the big dream? Um, aside from the email dream, um, what is what is Mark Lee's dream? We know the backstory. We know the yeah. foundation a little bit. What's, what's your dream right now? I don't, you know, I feel like if you asked me this when I was 25... I would say, come back to me. If you asked me when I was 15, I'd say, come back later. I'm sitting at 35, and I don't know what that answer is yet. Um, it, it's it, it, that's, And I actually thought about this. Like, on the way here, I thought about this the whole week leading up to this. Like, what is the dream? And I, I, I don't know. In, in a small, perfect world, I guess, uh, the dream is to monetize off the podcast yeah like and and i'm talking about sustaining it as a business Mm -hmm. Uh, i think that's my thing and uh while i do stand up i'm not crazy about it Mm -hmm. uh i want to parlay that and like kind of build your own audience so Mm -hmm. i'm not doing fucking open mics in i don't know in la habra right (laughs) it's like I, i i want to I have my audience and say, hey, like, you know, this guy's dope. Maybe he can tour and do a podcast and do a live show. I think that, I guess if I'm talking out loud, that would be the dream, right? In terms of uh, my creative juices. Well, then it Mm -hmm. seems like you're on track for the dream. I love to ask that Mm -hmm. question because it's kind of like one, it's one of those things we ask kids all the time, like when they're kids and that never equates, rarely equates to whatever you decide your dream is as an adult, right? Mm. So, like, what was your dream when you were a kid? Oh, it was remember? to do. It was to do podcasts on Zoom. <laughs> uh, so I've crushed it. I, I'm ahead you of the game. You did it! Wow, yeah. he's the one, you guys. No, I mean, when I was a kid, I mean, I didn't have big dreams. Yeah, and that sounds like really sad, but I, I had. Actually, I'm. I'm gonna. This is gonna be a therapy session now, right? Let's go. Because. Okay. Um, my dream first when I was when I was getting older, I said, "Okay, maybe I want to be a teacher, and I'll major in history." And I thought that was going to be such a cool thing. And I said, "Nah, I'm kind of over that. Like, I don't want to be a teacher." Um, what I wanted to do was sports, like sports journalism. 
Okay. I wanted to do that. And I can see that. And that was my thing. I was like, oh man, like I want to be a, I want to be a journalist. I want to be sports and do hot takes and everything. And I'll I always want to fight everyone who told who convinced me to not do it and that includes my parents mm-hmm. uh because i was filipino and they want you to be a nurse right yeah I and know that. you know like people of my parents friends and bosses said you know like if you're if you're not an ex-athlete people don't want like you're not going to make it very far i'd suggest looking for something else and if you're lo- if you know the sports world right now entertainment the people who are big in sports journalists mm-hmm. or sports journalists aren't ex athletes. Some ex athletes mm-hmm. are there, like as talking yeah, pundits, sure. and they're always, there. Always. But the big ones are people who are coming from the journalism background. Mm-hmm. And I wanted that. Yeah. I wanted that. And I feel like mm-hmm. that was like, I was talked out of it. That's why when people tell you don't do it, do it. Do you guys, it. You're listening to Some Assembly Required. You heard it here first. <laughs> follow your dreams. Follow your dreams or <laughs> fail at them, yeah. at least on your own terms that you fail. Well, throw back to mm-hmm. season one. Yeah. We won't be failing. We'll be developing a learning opportunity, <laughs> you guys. So mm-hmm. when you fail, I mean, learn that you mm-hmm. weren't able to succeed at one dream. Yeah. You'll make a new one and you'll learn from that first one. I, I, I'll, I love that approach because like i'm seeing it from a different lens which is like if you fail you fail yeah and like that's like the best you only learn from failing like honestly like if you had to break it down like again like we can turn this into like wins and like you know like it's a learning opportunity and like and they are Mm -hmm. but like the ground essence of it is when people are afraid to fail then you don't fail and you don't do it yeah and then there's no like learning like growth from that. Yeah. And I think that's sure. the thing. It was like, if you are okay with failing, you're golden. Yeah. I, I will support that 100%. Yeah, I'll be clear. Mm-hmm. We're all going to hit the bottom at some point. <laughs> um, me saying it's all a learning opportunity mm-hmm. is really just for you guys to try and flip mm-hmm. perspective in those areas where you know you're not going to get that. But at the same time, like you're totally correct in that that does not fit for everyone Mm -hmm. and like there are going to be some people that really do are just gonna get more passionate and pick up faster and harder after they fall hard and they really fail um Mm -hmm. which is fine like i want you guys out there to thrive in the way that you want to thrive but it sounds like the dreams that we have in mind like are always changing Mm -hmm. i want to still encourage you guys to follow your dreams so you don't miss out on your like sports um what is it called journalism sports journalism dreams um but that's a good point in that you're like well like you didn't really have a dream right Mm. you're kind of like when you were younger you didn't quite know what you wanted to do aside from of course your parents telling you to be a nurse nurse, like the generational dream was to be a nurse yeah and i think a lot of uh, people my age i feel probably while nursing is a great job I feel like a lot of like the Filipinos and my like tribe probably didn't want to be a, a, a nurse, right? Yeah. Like, and but it's it's good money. You make it. You figure it out, and you do it. I okay. didn't do it, um, and I'm doing something completely different. And I'm doing a <laughs> podcast, and my mom and dad are probably so proud of me. You're killing it out there, okay? Uh, yeah, but like, yeah, it's just honestly, if you have a different path for yourself, if for whatever it is, like. And it doesn't pan out. At least you know that you tried it. Yeah. Like, like uh, to stress the whole failing situation again. Uh, 
I'll always remember this, and I'll I'll share it with you here, which Mm is I was doing a set at the comedy store, and it was literally weeks after one of my friends passed away in a car accident. And a lot of people told me they were coming to the show, and I said, okay, I'm not going to use this excuse or back out and cancel. I said, I think I should have to do the show, um, and let's just do it. And I kind of didn't prep for the show the way I should have, um, but like not to use that accident as an excuse, but what I used to do was I would take my set and I would write the notes down on my phone, type it out and say, okay, mm-hmm. this is the joke, X, Y, Z, here's the spotlight. And when it came down to the show, I wasn't prepared. I was going through a lot, but at the end of the day, I wasn't prepared. And I remember doing this in the ballet room. And if you've been to the mm-hmm. ballet room at the comedy store, you know there's mirrors on stage. Oh, no. And I forgot my set. The first joke didn't land. And it just went so fucking poor and dead silent. And I was failing. I was failing mm-hmm. at its finest. I looked up, looked at the mirror. I could see myself. And I said, this is oh. what failing looks like. Oh, my god! And it, 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 like the failing will do two things. One is like you've burned everything and you'll never come back to this uh-huh. again. Or two, you know exactly what you did wrong. It's yeah. time to assess and how do you get better? You get a learning opportunity. You get a learning opportunity. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy how that stuff really just comes up all yeah. the time. And I was thinking about it in this bigger lens of like, you know, when we were younger, like this, either you had, especially in SoCal, you have like one of two um, really big dreams. It's one, the one your parents gave you, culturally speaking, if you're from a minority. Mm-hmm. Or two, we just had like the big like five options, which were like doctor, marine biologist, yeah. pilot, firefighter, and like teacher maybe. Like there were like five really good ones and like nobody really dreamed outside of those. Five. Maybe vet will add six. Of vet, them. yeah. A vet yeah. was one of them. But I was kind of starting to like toy with this idea. Like, you know, like for us, we always had these big like, oh, you're going to be a lawyer or you're going to be a doctor or you're going to like there was no other choice. And so the dreams of us when we were kids were exactly that or a nurse, of course, because our families push us to do certain things. Mm-hmm. But my question is, what are the dreams of today's kids? Aside from obviously being Mark Lee and having their own podcast, (laughs) like, what do we think? Because I was kind of struggling. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know. Are parents nowadays telling their kids you're going to be a doctor when you grow up? Like, what are they saying? I'm going to speak in generalizations here, which is... That's all I speak. Which is, there is always going to be, um, especially um, when it comes down to, like, uh, Asians... And like, like of like, this is going to be your path. I want you yeah. to be a doctor, lawyer, uh, surgeon, and, and, all and the just same do this. Things. Nurse, and there, there will always be that. And there's for good reason, right? Like, which is the parents from them are coming from this place where they didn't have it all. Maybe they became doctors or dentists or uh, lawyers or whatever, and they became that. And like, okay, now this is your turn here because this is where the money's made. I get right. that. That's and that's. That's kind of like natural, right? Um, but I think there is a, like, what is the dream now? I don't know. Like, if 10 years ago, I'd never expected to hear someone say, my, I, the kids will say this, I, I want to be on YouTube. Yeah. 
I want to be on YouTube. I think I innately, be a gamer. yeah, innately, like, we all wanted to do that stuff, right? Like, oh yeah, like I, 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 I want to do this. But like now, it's like for I, us, that was like, oh, I want to be a movie star. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be in Hollywood. Yeah. Now it's like, I want to be on YouTube. I want to be on YouTube, and it, I think that's like the weird dream now. Yeah. And, and I, that, while I love the ability, streamers, to, all streamers, streamers. While I love the ability that everyone has the ability uh to do things it's made things terrible because like then it just it's it oversaturates and like but like there's a lot of noise to feed through but i'm a true proponent of like when you're good the content will rise and all of a sudden you get there for sure you just have a lot of noise to deal with for sure and always there's gonna be crazy noise and then i feel like you were right on it when you're saying like oh everybody gets like conflated and we have like all these people doing the same thing like so we have a generation of lawyers doctors firefighters and veterinarians (laughs) and i was really trying i was really trying to think of like the new generation and like what was different really like fundamentally when i used to work at the apple store kids would say i this is my dream job they want to work at at the the apple Apple store Store. i was like bro dream bigger they didn't know know yet yeah like it's it's kind of interesting um and i don't know if like because i'm sure like kids had these dreams before but like i've heard people say i want to be a barista you know like and, like and, and make coffee and it's like parents are like oh that's great but you want to do something that's more money but like kids will see something and they want to just do it yeah and, like i mean there's the whole like the kid who i've i've seen this this is maybe either an old video or it's happened over and over again that this is just like Groundhog Day, which is the kid wants to be a uh, a trash man. For, oh, for, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. And yeah. he has a little toy. And then all thing. of a sudden he has, he has his toy. And I know the trash man's not the uh, PC term or like, you know, because uh, uh, engineers of, yeah, of, of, of workers, something mercury retrograde. I don't know like, what it is, <laughs> but like. Uh, but all of a sudden, like the the person, uh, the engineer uh, of the trash, um, catches wind of it, and then he like lets him sit in the in the dump truck, yeah. and all of a sudden, like they do, like yeah, like I, I wish as a kid I had dreams like that. Like you know, I was well, I was sandboxed into nurse, lawyer, doctor, and that was it. I was sandboxed into mildly different things but i think our entire generation was sandboxed and let me tell you why this Mm -hmm. is the conclusion i came to when i was thinking through this and like what all of our dreams are for somebody who also just loves like 90s and early 2000s and like really revels in us thriving during those times Mm -hmm. um i started thinking about the toys and I was like, our generation, I mean, Barbie is kind of coming back right now. It's having its second wind. Mm-hmm. But we were big on Barbie Bratz Polly Pocket for gals or those that chose to play with those toys. I guess. Yeah. And Lego Hot Wheel G.I. Joe type deals, Playmobil type deals, marbles and jacks. Look at that. You see those jacks right there in front of you? <laughs> I, I, I could you not stop staring at these jacks. It's so. been so long, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But the other one that I started thinking about, and you let me know if you've seen any of these lately. But do you remember when we were younger and we would see like the full McDonald's like kitchen set play <laughs> mobile like play pen thing mm-hmm. and you would go through and not only were you just like playing with your toy but you were 
actively going through the step-by-step of making pancakes and putting fake butter on fake pancakes with a fake toaster and a fake microwave and fake oven, like all the things. And also branded to something that we wanted to look at, which was my good old guy, Ronald McDonald, because he was a total vibe when we were kids. Like Ronald McDonald's like dead now. The Hamburglar came back for like two seconds. They had a shake or something. Did you see this? The Grimace shake. The Grimace. Yeah, the Grimace. I, it wasn't. Yeah, oh, trust me. I, I had the Grimace shake. Oh, me too. Yeah. It was pretty tasty. Berry flavored. Gotta love yeah. it. But literally, I was like, when I was a kid, like those hands-on toys mm-hmm. were the things that made me want to do other things or be other people. Like mm-hmm. if I wanted to be a movie star, I bought Barbie and movie star, you know, like if mm-hmm. I wanted to, I don't know, be a doctor, like I'd get the Lego doctor set and like mm-hmm. go downtown with that, you know, but like. The kids of now, what are they playing? Aside from technology, right? Take away the tablets, the devices, the Mm -hmm. the screens. Like, what are they doing every day? I mean, uh, that's where my expertise kind of like, because I'm not down with the kids. I don't don't have any kids. Um, I have friends who have kids. I have, like, you know, family members who have kids. And how could you not say iPhone, iPad? And I, I feel like there are toys out there and may, I, I have to actually, when you're talking about this, like maybe that's why I didn't have career aspirations because I was playing video games as a kid. Ah, I was, I, I was on my super Nintendo uh, I was too. for the longest time. And like, and I was just playing video games and I didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. And, and I was like, maybe that's why I didn't want to be a doctor or a lawyer or a, uh, youtube star or something because i just didn't have these uh toys to come to life i just did everything through a video game well it's wild to me because i mean there are even some video games where you can tap into that same sort of feel but it really is like i was thinking about it and i was like it's kind of like montessori style like are you familiar with the montessori like school of thought hit me with it basically it's just like kids learn from doing so in and they do in play. Mm-hmm. So like there isn't really a set curriculum and like, all right, let's all have circle time and do this or that. You know, like there's yeah. there are certain parts that are set for the most part, but it'll be like now it's free play. Mm. And you if your kid decides they want to like stand in a corner facing the wall the whole time, then like they'll stand in the corner facing the wall. Like maybe that's an exaggeration. But um, if your kid wants to chop fake carrots for the entire hour, your kid can chop fake carrots for the entire hour. And they think that this fosters a certain type of learning. And I was like, well, me playing that McDonald's kitchen set when I thought I was going to be the best fast food delivery person, (laughs) that was like almost a form of Montessori or something like that. So you mentioned you were doing video games. Like, what were you playing? Uh, I mean, everything from... Super Mario to Zelda Ocarina of Time when I got to the N64 to GoldenEye. Uh, I was doing it all. Like, I yeah. was playing those. Like, all the big games that you heard back in the day, I was in on that. I almost want to argue mm-hmm. that those kinds of games also fostered a different mindset than the games of today's kids. And let me tell you why. You're, I'm assuming you're a big Super Mario 64. Mm-hmm. Okay. How many secret missions, places you had to bounce off walls, things that were never written anywhere did you have to just figure out in that game? A lot. A lot. Yeah, a lot. How many mm-hmm. games do that now? I couldn't tell you. I. How many games even have cheat codes now? 
I couldn't tell you. Like, does the generation of today even know what G-codes are? Like, this is what I mean. We had to work our asses off to even pretend to know something. Well, this is the... This is our version of we walk to school uh, uphill in snow both ways, right? Which is, I knew the Mortal Kombat fatality for Johnny Cage. uh, I used to... Because, like, we were, like... I, I, I mean, let's just say it. We weren't very... We were poor when I was growing up as a kid, yeah. right? My my all my money was like my parents' money was going to the Philippines, and so forth. I extracted knowledge when we went to Lucky's, the supermarket, and there was a magazine rack, and I was able to go to Tips and Tricks, and I would bring paper and a pen, <laughs> and I would write down the cheat codes and fatalities yes. for certain games, and I'd bring that home with me. Yeah, you and had to. You had to steal the information. There was a. There, there was that magic of I had to go to a place which, ironically, was not a library, but I was able to go to a place where I was able to get that information from a book or a magazine, write it yeah. down, and take it home. And like there was, some there was an essence of, I did that. And you know? it's the quest of the game went beyond the game. Mm-hmm. It went straight into your life. Yeah. To make the rest of the game come mm-hmm. to fruition, yeah. like that's definitely not happening nowadays. Uh, yeah, and it's funny you say that because like I'm I'm still playing video games at 35, and a, a lot of it now is there is no exploration. It's just now we're going to hit you with microtransactions and money, and like and that's that can be said for a lot of things. Like when mm-hmm. you're streaming services or you're, like you're listening to podcasts or YouTube, and you're subscribing and like putting money in, and you get more and you get more and you get more. Right. Uh, video games are doing that too now. Which yeah. is like, hey, if you pay, you'll get these like you'll get these cool costumes. Instead of me, like skins, when I, I skins, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I did that because wait a wait a. I was trying to mansplain to you over here, and uh, you didn't. I didn't I'm, have to do that. I'm with the kids. Yeah, I'm with the times. Um, but the idea of putting in time to grind for said skins uh, isn't happening anymore. It's like five bucks. It's yours, and all of a sudden, yeah. like your brain becomes numb to the there's no dopamine and the dopamine now is just forking over five dollars and to get it and it's transactional mm -hmm. dopamine that's less dopamine just so you guys know Mm -hmm. um but literally i was thinking about what was i gonna say um there was something you said that was great and i wanted to tie back to it but maybe it'll come back oh the this is what it was Mm -hmm. i had like a little mini blip of hope come back where i thought Oh my god, the generation of today is getting back into Pokemon. And I'm not even saying Pokemon Go because that's a different beast. But I'm saying like kids, my boyfriend's nephews started playing Pokemon cards. Okay. And I was really stoked because I thought that this was going to open up like an avenue back into you know how like tape and stuff is vintage now, so mm-hmm. like the nineties are cool again. I was like, Oh my god, maybe we'll get kids to actually start thinking or something like that. Um, but no, that is not how it went at all. They just collect the cards and look at them and talk about how cool they are, but know nothing about the function of a Pokemon card or how to actually attack each other with Pokemon cards mm-hmm. using the cards. Sure. So I'm like, oh, all is lost. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> what I, are the implications, yeah. Mark? What are we looking at in the future? What do you expect to see from future generations with all of this in mind? Until? Uh, I... I think there was going to be a, a huge um, 
I say cultural, but like it more so like in like with tech use, like there's going to be a huge reset. And this happened. I always talk about the pendulum swinging, and I've, I've mentioned this many times. And like right now, we're in this um, time of like, for example, the reason why I brought that up is like we're kind of like in this like some people call it woke culture. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's like PC, and right. like you know there's cancel culture, and like we're there. Good luck we're, if you had Facebook before yeah. 2010. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna get to a point where it's gonna be super extreme. It's in your face again. Like you know, it'll balance out. But there's that. I think where we're going now is we're going to have to do a huge reset. Um, And we're so deep in our technology. I think we've heard people talk about being the hipster, like Mm -hmm. not getting the iPhone and, you know, doing that. I think we're going to swing back that way in a bit, like in probably the next 10 years, which is like there's going to be a pulling the dependency from the devices there's gonna be a huge cultural Ooh, i like yeah. this yeah. okay we can take the opposite wager then gentlemen's yeah. bet yeah. i think that what we're going to see is a shift into the new version of what we have now so instead of screens mm-hmm. i think we're going to be moving into screenless mm. so like think very star wars holograms Mm. things that are floating things that are appearing like they're like think drones yeah right how now drones are a big thing and they put on shows that's where i think it's going what's your thoughts on the vision pro for apple have you seen that no is this like vr yeah the vr it's the it's the ar vr headset Uh (laughs) well i don't iphone that's why i don't well i mean like rest in peace it's like because there's there is vr headsets right yeah you've seen that yeah and Apple's like finally gotten into it, and like you know, when Apple gets into it, it's supposed to be a big thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the keynote that they had, which is like, hey, you can take like these three D spatial videos and photos, and like it, in paper, it sounds great, but it's like in order to take these photos, it's like hold up, Daddy needs to go ahead and put this headgear on, <laughs> and put on like these goggles which are like three feet long, and then we're gonna take the photo, and it's like. There is a little bit of a... That's the reason why I thought 3D never took off. Yeah. You know, it's like... The specs. Yeah, the specs of like the TV. It's like, dude, I have a 3D television. It's like, I don't even like wearing glasses living life. I don't... What makes you think I want to wear glasses? I very much love watching those people like punch televisions. (laughs) Like the people that just miss. Like that's a really good time for me. That's actually... Yeah, that's a a very... um, it, it's good that, that gives good dopamine yeah all the dopamine um, <laughs> needed but okay so we went over a shit ton of stuff today yeah. and i think you brought a lot to the table mark so we talked about your story your foundation your dreams the story foundation and dreams of our generation and mm. the kids of today all of those things beautiful things to continue to be assembled Right. Some assembly required. So I want to know what's the piece of um, information, advice, whatever it is that you might have for all the listeners of today, apart from the ones you've provided already. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Which is like hashtag just do it. Nike, don't kill me for that. But like take a leap on your dreams. But what else? What does Mark have for the peeps? I think in a world where the essence is slow it down. Like, like, slow it down. I know we're in a go, 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 go world like mentality. Next day shipping, Amazon Prime. You know, I'm able to stream everything. <clears throat> I think, it's, <clears throat> excuse me, it's okay to slow it down. Yeah. 
And I think some of my best ideas, all three of them in my life, have happened when I slowed it down. Yeah. And, you know, to kind of just understand, like, hey, I, I always jokingly, half-jokingly throw out the term, trust the process, you know, like from the Sixers, like, you know, Joel Embiid. But there really is a trust the process kind of thing that we need to do. And <clears throat> I think in a world where we want something instant and to gratify you, it's to just slow it down. Like, mm-hmm. I think fail and trust the process yeah. is going to be my two things. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's like swimming upstream. If you try to swim upstream all the time, yeah. like, it's exhausting. and You're going to get a whole lot of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Sometimes even if the stream is moving slower, if you're going with the stream you're gonna get there a heck of a lot faster so yeah i i agree with that wholly and i think that's a beautiful piece of advice mark thank you so much for being on some assembly required finally and mm-hmm. don't think y'all that we will not have mark back because we definitely will but before we bounce i have to do my obligatory can you tell all the peeps where to find you once more yeah uh you, at at this moment you can find us and not another monday which you can find us on apple podcast spotify or however you get your podcast but follow me directly honestly you'll you'll see I'm things at lark me at, at lark me um and can I take 30 seconds to give you your flowers? Absolutely. Which can. is you are so prepared that it Stop. makes me <laughs> it makes me feel kind of like ashamed and like the Asian party music like hari kari and fall on the sword. Um, I noticed that you have a decomposition book. I do. You have your notes. It has some assembly required on the front of it. So I know it's official. Mm-hmm. And there's like three or four pages you referred to in the interview like that we did. <laughs> that like in my head, I'm talking and I'm also thinking... They don't even do that, dude. Like, you should bring your... But, but that's do just, it. The do formula is not the same for everyone. It's not, but also, like, the uh, the generational trauma of being Asian and take better notes is just... It's It's been amplified here today, and I wanted to say... <laughs> you, I'm glad I could perpetuate a yeah, stereotype. For you are day. very good at what you do, <laughs> and, I, and I, I will tell everybody about the show because you're great so thank you for having me and uh, Mm -hmm. really i brought you on because i do think that you're one of the best people out there and if there's anything to like learn in the world it's from each other Mm. and some assemblies always required no matter what part of life we're hitting so take your doses of info from the good old lark me at lark me on insta go find him i plug this guy all the time and you'll see us on each other's pods once more in the very near future um, mm-hmm. Holler, if you guys have any deets that you want to hit us with, you can find us at Some Assembly Required Pod on Insta, on YouTube, or DearSomeAssembly at gmail.com. Throw some things our way, and we'll be chatting with you guys soon. Thanks again, Mark. Thank you. Until next time.